you so much for listening to today's episode of Success Beyond the Lens podcast. Today, I have Ray and Gabe with Inflow Law Group. This laid-back duo team serves their clients with a pretty awesome legal membership program and caters to the creators and multi-passionate entrepreneurs. This different concept allows their clients to have a legal team on their side at all times. So let's go ahead and jump right in as we discuss the importance of setting up our contracts and managing our relationships and expectations. Hey, all you lovely listeners, welcome or welcome back to Success Beyond the Lens podcast season six, hosted by your new host, me, Sabrina Chapman, Executive Client Experience Manager and Employee at SBTL. Come along for a ride in this season as we chat about some of the nitty gritty upkeeps of running a business. That could be contracts, finances, insurance, 401k, and different legalities. While these topics can be scary or daunting or intimidating, they are still super important when starting and growing a business. Lucky for you, we've got your back with an awesome lineup of guests to help mark these off your checklist and take some weight off your shoulders. So let's skip the cliche, grab a pen, paper, and coffee, and just jump right into it. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me in today's episode of Success Beyond the Lens podcast. Today, I have Ray Kahn and Gabe Estrada of Inflow Law Firm joining me. Hi, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Thank you for having us on. Hey, Swinna. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be able to talk with you guys. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So first, you you are both attorneys, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit about us. Yeah, we're both attorneys here in San Diego. Uh, Ray and I, we we go way back to law school. We, you know, we became friends in law school. And uh, yeah, we've been friends ever since. So... In law school, did you all decide straight from the get-go that you were going to create this firm together? Yeah, actually, that's kind of like our little spiel and story. You know, it always starts like us being friends in law school and sharing with our like with each other that we eventually, you know, the goal was to own our own law firm together and do it as a partnership. If we were going to do it, we wanted to do it differently. And the whole idea of like owning our own law firm was one, we wanted to show up how we wanted to show up. And work with who we wanted to work with, basically. And, you know, coming from a family of small business owners, my mom was a small business owner. Uh, my sister was a small business owner. And Gabe himself has been a small business owner. He's owned a tattoo shop in Chula Vista here in San Diego for over 10 years. And we just knew that we wanted to work with entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs and artists, getting their legal, just like all their legal formality formalities and ducks in a row. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's really cool that you guys started out as friends in law school. You met there, I am assuming, or did you know each other before you went to law school? Yeah, no, we we actually met in law school. So Ray's from the East Coast. So he, you know, he was here in San Diego for school. And I consider myself from San Diego now. I've been here so long. But yeah, so we, we didn't know each other before law school, but it was literally, I mean, it was probably the first day, even before law school started, there was a summer program and we kind of just, you know, started talking then and we became friends then. So then as soon as law school did start, he was kind of the first familiar face that I recognized and immediately, you know, just became friends. (laughs) That's awesome. Right off the bat, it's like 
friendship at first sight right? type of thing. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> My first friend in law school and now long-term business partner. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So can you tell me a little bit about your guys' journey in creating Inflow? Absolutely. Yeah. So once again, it starts with knowing who we wanted to work with. And then, you know, we talk to business owners all the time. We're just starting out. And I think that's key in starting a business is knowing who it's for, right? Instead of niching down later in the future, knowing who you want to work with, you know, upfront helps you create a service, a product or a business for that client or that consumer. So we knew we wanted to work with creative entrepreneurs. So we wanted to create the most accessible law firm for creative entrepreneurs. Because little thing about the legal industry is that historically it neglected small business owners and creative entrepreneurs, artists in general, just because, you know, law firms traditionally were kind of created to work with bigger corporations or bigger pocket clients, never really caring about smaller individuals. So we wanted to flip that. And with Inflow, we wanted to make sure that you know, my mom, who was a small business owner and gave himself when they needed legal help, they had someone to go to. So that was the whole idea around creating the vibe and kind of the, the you know, the look of inflow, but also the services we do provide and the different models we work with our clients on. Yeah. Yeah. And especially because, you know, we, we wanted to kind of take that, you know, it's always nerve wracking whenever you, you need an attorney, right? Most people only need attorneys when they're in trouble, right? Or when something's wrong, right? And early on, we realized that's not the way people should work with attorneys. People should work with attorneys proactively to avoid the problems, right? As opposed to waiting for something to, to go wrong. But a lot of the law firms, a lot of attorneys, they're they're intimidating, right? I mean, just the suits, the ties, you know, the formalities of it. So early on, we we really wanted to change that. And we didn't we wanted to be more approachable because in order for us to proactively help our clients with their legal is- issues, we want them to feel comfortable coming to us and telling us about those legal issues again before it happens. And then one of the biggest obstacles that you know we saw in the legal world is that the legal field is kind of operated under billable hours right the billable hour system and that's sometimes hard because the way attorneys work is you know you you give them a, a, a big chunk of, of money up front right a retainer and then every single phone call every single email any any work you do, they have to bill against that retainer. And we always saw that as kind of a, a conflict of interest if we wanted to proactively help our clients. So we wanted to create our law firm in the most accessible way for clients to be able to reach out to us without having to worry about getting charged $350 an hour to, to talk to an attorney. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. For our listeners, if you all go to their website, is it inflow, inflow.com? It's I'm inflow.com. So I am. I'm inflow.com. That's right. If you all go to their website, I love the first picture or in the about us. It's like the colorful background and y'all are in your comfortable, not outfits per se, but like you said, you're not in suits and it's like, wow, I could really, I could really get to know them and I could talk to them and just being personable, like you said. We sold our house in February and I wasn't even in trouble 
But just to go to talk to an attorney, a real estate attorney, like I was getting nervous, you know, because of the setting and the office and the suit and the and the the room with all the books around. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is scary. So I love your approach to being personable and being the way that you guys want to be, you know, not having to wear the suits and wearing whatever you want to, what you want to wear, be who you want to be. I love that approach. That's such a different way to look at it. But I would say that a lot of people are probably the same as I am to be afraid to talk to an attorney. Yeah. So I guess just to be personable like you are, that's, that's very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, that's the whole idea. Like once again, we wanted to be the most accessible, most approachable law firm. And one, it's internally, it just, it's easier for us. Like, right. Like the whole idea of starting our own business was we wanted to show up the way you want to show up. Right. We, if we didn't right. feel comfortable wearing suits, then, you know, we can show up in a cardigan or whatever we're wearing that day and still have our yeah. work speak for itself. Just like anyone in any profession or in any career, you should let the work, you know, what does it mean to be a professional? It should be, well, how good is your work product? Not necessarily whether yeah. your tie matches your, you know, shoes or whatever. Right. right. Like, yeah. yeah, that's really good point. And, yeah. and I mean, a lot of our clients are creatives and, you know, artists and, you know, it just, it wouldn't, it just wouldn't make sense. Like we want to be part of their team. We want to be, again, I think we, we put a slogan up on our website where it's like, you know, the legal, the legal world or what what is it that it can be scary. Oh yeah. Like, like starting a business can be intimidating, but your lawyers shouldn't be. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's like dressing for your interview for the job that you want. I guess if you want a suit and tie job, that's what you show up as. But like you all, you work with the creatives in in their business that it's nice to be relatable. Yeah, I guess. so. To speak. Exactly. I mean, you know, being a lawyer is one of the hats we wear, right? At the end of the day, we also are creatives on our side as well, right? Like, I write poetry. Gabe has, you know, his content creation side hustle or not side hustle, just passion project, right? His, his hobby. Mm-hmm. And we're just naturally, that's who we are. And I think most people are that way. And being able to show up the way we want to show up is another form of expression for ourselves, but also for our business. And it, you know, it helps us one, differentiate ourselves from other law firms out there, but also once again, being able to be just more approachable and accessible that way, because, you know, our clients aren't showing up. We're not expecting our clients to dress up in suits to meet with us. Right. It's not a, it shouldn't be a whole thing. Like, just give us a call. Let's chat. Let's let's connect. And you know, we're just really excited because we get to work with really cool people doing really cool things. Um, we always say that we we live vicariously through our clients because at the end of the day, we're doing the paperwork <laughs> for their business. But being able to be a part of a film project they're working on or these cool, you know, photo gigs they're going to or just anything that they're building in their own business or course, whatever it may be, is just really exciting for us to be a part of. And it's really fulfilling for us as attorneys. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What all services do you all offer with Inflow? Yeah. So, I mean, we basically offer any services that, that a traditional kind of business law firm would, would offer, right? So starting from this, from the ground up, we want to work with with the business or creator from creating their entity, right? Their LLC or corporation, whatever fits their need to create their contracts as well, right? Because a big part of, you know, protecting your company and protecting your, your brand revolves around contracts. So we, we help them set up their LLC, 
their contract creations, and then ultimately to help them trademark their name. And that's kind of the one of the most important things because, you know, obviously you don't want to start a business and, you know, really brand it and really focus on the brand. And then a year down the line or two years down the line, all of a sudden you get a cease and desist letter saying, hey, you're in violation of a trademark infringement, you know. So you mm-hmm. want to get that early on. And that's what we do. We want to be basically the in-house counsel for you know, creators and, and small businesses, that way we can guide them through the whole process, right? And that's kind of where we develop the subscription model. And that subscription model is is kind of, honestly, it, it, it is in our eyes groundbreaking in the legal field because, you know, for $79, we're able to help creators basically through the whole process, right? The whole building of their brand, of their their business. And we get to be part of the team. So that's, for us, that's really important because it gives us the ability to have open communication with our client where we can really, really, you know, have them feel like we are part of the team as opposed to just hired attorneys to help them with this thing or that thing, you know? Yeah. So you talk about, you know, working proactively with businesses. So at what point would you suggest, I I know you said setting up their business entity, is that something that you would suggest business owners do right off the bat as soon as they, you know, basically get the idea of wanting to start a business that they need to reach out to you? Yeah. So typical lawyer answer here is it depends, right? And that's exactly, you know, just just the question of whether you, should, you know, when is the appropriate time of starting a business entity depends on a lot of different things, right? It depends on the risks involved in your specific business. So, for example, we work with a lot of creators. So, a graphic designer who's just starting out their graphic design business or agency probably has less risk than someone starting a tattoo shop, right? And that's just generally right. the case. If you're a brick and mortar or if you're showing up and you're inviting people in some place, there's just more risk there, right? And just straight off the bat, if someone walks into your you know, tattoo shop and they slip and fall, there's risk right there. As opposed yeah. to if you're a graphic designer and you're just you know virtually sending people images, there's less risk there. So depending on how much money you're making, the risk involved in your business or how big an operation it is, depends on when might be appropriate to start that LLC or not, right? So, um, you know, many attorneys say, oh, you need to, you know, start having LLC no matter what business you're doing right away. And yes, in the perfect world, that's probably the best way to do it. But we understand there's costs involved. And, you know, just might not make sense for your business at a certain time. And we like to give that like realistic, practical information as opposed to start a business right away. Because, you know, at the end of the day, that's a transaction for a business attorney to at least sell you something for mm-hmm. them to do. For us, once again, it just depends on what you're doing and when the appropriate time is. We could tell you everything you need to be doing or should be doing. And yes, if you have the money and resources to get it all done in the first day, register your trademark, start your LLC, get all your contracts in place, have a certain, you know, have all your contractors as employees as opposed to contractors, things like that. Like you could do all that, but that's costly and not necessarily appropriate for a lot of people. So we always talk about having a priority plan and knowing like, all right, once we hit a certain milestone, let's get this set and things like that. So that's kind of how we approach giving that proactive advice. And the subscription model allows us to have these conversations with our clients early on, right? And kind of through the process. Mm -hmm. And that's the greatest thing about that, right? Is that 
we're able to create these these timelines, like Ray's mentioning, with our clients because we have that you know open dialogue with our clients um, through that subscription model. And again, that's that's what makes our job so you know so interesting most of the time, and just because we get to give them real practical advice along with legal advice, but you know, we really get into the the business with our clients, right? Sometimes it's not only just legal advice that we're giving them. Sometimes we're giving them business advice. Sometimes we're even giving them marketing advice, you know, just, just in general, because we work with so many creators that we just happen to know a lot of the trends, a lot of the, the things that certain industries are doing. So, Ray, I know you mentioned, like, obviously, if you had a tattoo shop or somebody, you had a brick and mortar business, you would want to look into insurance at that point. If I don't have a brick and mortar business, how do I know when the right time is to start speaking with you all to start the process? How do I know is too soon too soon or is is it too not not too late but like man I should have you know should have done this ahead of time how do I know that sweet spot on when I should start yeah so I well first of all it's never too soon to at least seek advice on it right you know sooner okay. the better honestly but um, once again it just depends right um, sometimes if you're just for example if you're just the sole operator and that's just your it's just you your timeline's probably a little bit more down the down the road but if you're you have contractors mm-hmm or you have employees, or you're working, you're making a lot of money, or you have a lot of different offerings, then yes, you start to, you want to have, you want to start limiting your liability, right? So a limited liability company, what an LLC is, it limits your liability and protects your personal assets from the liabilities of your business. When we say liabilities, we mean injuries to the business. And when we say injuries, we don't just mean like physical injuries, um, like someone tripping and falling. We mean like if you're a photographer and maybe you're selling digital prints or you're doing something for, you know, maybe you're a wedding photographer. What if you left, uh, maybe you left your camera bag and someone at the wedding tripped over your camera bag. Now you're liable for that, right? There's different, like those are physical injuries, but there's also like trademark injury, like copyright, you know, infringement issues, things like that, that are also there when you are more of a creative professional that you also have to take into consideration. So just getting an idea about, you know, how you're doing your work and how you're showing up, getting clarity on mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. and, and again, that's why we also do like the free consultations, right? A lot of times we get a lot of people just reaching out because they just don't know, right? They don't know where to start. Right. And that's, I think for us being able to provide that initial free consultation, at least we're able to kind of paint a picture for them and say, okay, well, Based on, on mm-hmm. your business, here's probably what we would kind of suggest working on. And then, you know, we could give them some general guidance on, uh, you know, timeframes and timelines and, you know, the, the risk yeah. assessment sometimes for certain businesses. Uh, but yeah, it, it, that allows us to be able to, you know, at least assess the situation for them to have a better understanding of what they're getting themselves into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That would help a lot. So I know one of the services you all offer is contracts for all of your creatives. That's correct. Yeah. So we, I mean, we, we, we draft contracts and contracts are something we do for creatives, business owners, anyone who, you know, podcasts get like podcast hosts and stuff like that. We draft contract contracts are probably like our number one priority when it comes to 
you know, business advice, right? So we usually talk about our three layers of protection. Usually sometimes it's four layers of protection, but we'll give them like real quick. We already talked about a few of them, but the first line of defense and first line of protection for your business are your contracts, right? Because contracts, what are they at the end of the day? They're just agreements or expectations for a relationship written down. That's it, right? Um, so everyone's on the same page, right? No pun intended. And then the second line of defense is business insurance, right? If you can afford business insurance, so you can have commercial liability insurance. So if someone does trip and fall in your, your uh, brick and mortar shop, uh, your insurance can cover it. Third la- layer of defense is that LLC or corporation or legal entity that will protect you from any liabilities, right? So say you have business insurance, but the business insurance doesn't want to cover it. Well, if that person is trying to sue you, they have to sue your entity and not you personally, meaning your personal assets will be protected. And then last in that fourth layer of protection is intellectual property registrations, right? So registering the trademark to your business, registering certain copyrights, things like that. Those are all the different layers of protection. And once again, contracts are the first layer and something we're usually preaching the most about, uh, mainly because people either don't have contracts they're using or they're using contracts, but they're not doing exactly what they think they're doing, right? So right now we, we live in a world where there's contracts available online and go and grab for free, or maybe you're paying for them, but are they necessarily doing what you want them to do? Because contracts, just because you have one doesn't mean that it's enforceable because you know maybe it was too vague or maybe it was missing certain provisions that you need for the way you do your business. But yeah, contracts are kind of a priority in our business, especially with creators. Okay. So you don't recommend me to go to Google and copy and paste pieces of contracts together. Yeah. We, we call that Frankensteining, Frankensteining <laughs> contracts. And the thing is, look, I, I mean, look, the, the practical side of it, it's, it's happening so often and we see it happen so much and small businesses, small creators, you know, they're, they're doing it right because they're trying to save money on that. And again, that's, that's where, we really wanted to change kind of the the landscape, right? Because we wanted to make sure that money or the cost of a good contract or good legal advice wasn't the reason why someone didn't do it, right? So one of the biggest things about our law firm that we decided to to change early on, which was kind of unheard of before 2020, is that our law firm is a virtual law firm. So a lot of the costs that come with renting, you know, this fancy corner office downtown, you know, all everything that goes into building the office, all those savings are being kind of transferred to our clients. And, you know, for somebody starting a business, you know, it's like, yeah, you could go and Frankenstein, you know, the, the contracts, but now there's a law firm that's gonna provide, you know, inexpensive legal services for them to do it right early on, as opposed to maybe using these Frankenstein contracts, something wrong happening down the line, and then having to reach out to an attorney, to us, to whoever, and kind of clean up the mess. And that could get pricey. That's when, honestly, most businesses end up paying the big bucks for the legal fees. So your with your subscription model, does that cover being able to create a contract for a business? Or is that Yeah, like- so that's so the way the subscription model works, right? So what does a subscription really entail? It entails like unlimited calls with us, so for proactive advice, right? So maybe you want advice on whether, you know, 
you should start an LLC or not and what that process looks like. Or maybe you're you know, questioning whether you want to register the trademark process and learn something about that or whatever it may be, right? Uh, maybe it's a new service offering and you want to make sure that you get all the legal things in, in place before offering that service. And then also includes document reviews. So maybe you already have a Frankenstein contract that you've been using previously, or maybe you have a contract and a previous attorney who wasn't necessarily a business attorney or specifically an attorney for creators kind of work on a contract for you. You can send that over to us and we'll review it and then bring it up to par and where it should be, especially in how you do your business. That's included in the subscription model. And then there's other things that's also there. For example, like we have a weekly office hours with all our clients who can like jump on a call with us. And we kind of like have topics every week that we talk about whether they're legal or just like general business practices. It also includes uh, having our community platform where we do offer things like some contract templates for them to grab that we've created that are tailored specifically to creative entrepreneurs. So for example, model releases, right? I know a lot of your audience members are photographers, right? So we have model releases already there. We have um, mm-hmm. kind of like a privacy policy or terms of use for people's websites, um, that's all available for people to grab and then they could fill it out themselves and then send it us back to review. That's all covered in that subscription model. Yeah. But things like drafting a contract from scratch, if that's what you know our clients want, we can do that for them kind of like as a, on a flat fee basis outside the scope of the subscription. And that just you know comes down to us saying like, hey, to do this, that'll be about $500 usually when we're working with clients regularly who are not part of the subscription. But since you're a member of the subscription model, then you actually get a 15% discount on that. So that's kind of how we navigate those situations. Mm-hmm. And yeah, once again, because some some clients have very specific offerings that require kind of like custom tailored contracts for that. If they have a Frankenstein contract and then something were to happen to them, I mean, I can just imagine what kind of legal fees and trouble they could potentially get into that man, I really wish I had a contract put together before all of this stuff happened, you know? And and I know, like you said, that, uh, Gabe, sometimes people Frankenstein a contract together because of the cost of contract. But again, look at what you could potentially be saving or any medical bills if somebody got hurt or whatever the case may be. Just that little bit of money up front to get that contract put together could just, you know, really save you everything, save your business, save, right. save your money. And especially because we work with so many creators and, you know, I think the the most typical, you know, example would probably be a photographer, right? Because I think with photography, that service, there's a lot involved, right? From the actual shoots to, you know, the locations, to cancellation policies, to the edits, to the mm-hmm. reshoots, to how many, you know, how many edits, who owns the copyright after the photography's taken, right. right? Like, you know, you as a photographer goes and does a wedding, does the couple own those pictures? Well, no, they don't. The photographer owns those pictures until there's something in writing, you know, handing them over. It was that contemplated in the relationship when they first got hired. So again, contracts are, are so important because like I said, we, we use them as, as the relationship, right? It's, it documents the relationship and it documents all the, basically whatever either side is going to do is agreeing to, it's going to be in the contract. And we've had so many clients that they're using even contracts that other attorneys have done for them, right? But 
maybe they're not attorneys that are familiar with that space, right? And they're not familiar with wedding photographers in general. And, you know, when we mm-hmm. we look at it, it's like, sure, this is an okay, you know, photography contract. But did you consider, you know, the copyright aspect of it? Did you consider reshoots? Did you consider the the, the edits, right? Like, mm-hmm. what if they're not happy with the edits? Like, how many times are you going to re-edit them for free until oh, you have point. to charge yeah. them again? So all of these things, because we're so involved in the creative community, we're able to kind of look at things from a creative lens versus just a straight up legal lens. And we're able to guide our clients and and kind of make their contracts tailored to specifically their business. And we're huge Mm -hmm. on that. We, I mean, that's really what we always encourage our clients to do is don't rely on a little cookie cutter contract that you find online or you buy online or you Frankenstein together, really work with an attorney to make sure that that contract is specifically to your needs, right? Because even two right. different photographers are going to be different, right? They're going to mm-hmm. have different different ways of working. Right. Yeah. I work with, which I'm a client experience manager with SBTL. So I work with the photographers and there are often times where they see that something is not written in the contract and we have to go back and kind of change it up or, you know, they reach out to their legal team and they change it up or whatever, but it's almost like a constant evolving contract. You know, they might see that certain things that aren't covered need to be in there or wording needs to be changed up or whatever the case may be. And I guess, so one of my questions for any of the listeners, how will they know, even if they purchased a contract from somebody else, if they take a look at their contract, how do they know if it's working for them or not? Or how do they know if they're missing stuff? Well, usually people don't know until something something fails, right? So for example, point. Um, yeah. you know, a certain situation comes up with a client who doesn't show up to a certain shoot, right? But you don't have a rescheduling right. clause in the contract. Well, that wasn't communicated to the client. Like, you know, do they have to refund any deposits or, you know, whatever, right? Like, yeah. are you still going to yeah. be paid for you showing up, Right. And, or as Gabe mentioned, the revisions, right? If you are only saying like, hey, the money we are agreeing for the service includes one round of revisions or two rounds of revisions. And how do we pay you for additional rounds of revisions? Is it going to be paid on your hourly rate? Is it going to be paid per revision? All those need to be mm-hmm. laid out, right? For ex- And another situation, we just looked at a contract recently and everything we put in, something we put in our photography contracts all the time, or just like any creative contract is satisfaction clauses, meaning, hey, I'm a creator and you're paying me for creating something. At the end of the day, your subjective dissatisfaction with anything I create doesn't you know, mean I'm breaching the contract. It just means you don't like it, right? But at the end of the day, you still owe me oh, okay. for that, right? So you're taking someone's photo- like photographs and they don't like it at the end of the day. It doesn't mean they don't have to pay you for that. They still have to pay you for that because when it comes to art, Art subjective, right? Yeah. And in most cases, clients have the opportunity to look at your portfolio, look at the work you've done in the past. They already know what kind of work product you create. So that's something we always put it, but we were reviewing someone's contract who that like was a Frankenstein contract. And they're saying, like, hey, these actually wasn't a photographer, it was a video editor. And they were saying, like, hey, the you know, the, my client, and there was a big client, right? I think it was a pretty big production company, said they didn't want to pay the rest of the money they owed, which was like six grand. 
uh, because they didn't like the work prior like, at, the end of the, at the end of the day. But that's because his contract didn't have a satisfaction clause. So it was really hard to point at the fact like, hey, regardless oh, of whether you yeah. liked it or not, you still owe me for the hours of time that I put into creating the video for you. And yeah. it accomplishes what you yeah. wanted it to accomplish at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of where we, we've kind of been at an advantage because we are working with so many different types of creators that we get to get exposed to a lot of different industries. So because we're exposed to these industries, we're able to look at best practices for each individual Mm -hmm. industry in the creative world, right? And be able to, to give them kind of just, again, practical and good legal advice for their specific contracts. And again, because we work with, I mean, pretty much all types of creators, right? From the music industry, photographers, editors, writers, I mean, you know, you name it in the creative world, we've, we've pretty much been a part of. Um, So yeah, so that, you know, again, it's, not all lawyers are going to be the same, right? Like you can go to a business attorney and, you know, if you're a social media creator, right, an influencer, and you go to a a business attorney, they're going to give you kind of just big picture, you know, big, you know, big law kind of advice, right? As opposed to, you know, an attorney that works with creators or creatives Mm -hmm. is able to niche it down very specifically because we've seen some of these issues come up. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the bigger corporations, they don't might not have that type of experience with specific creators. And with you all having the experience Like you know, what situations might come up that you're like, Oh, we know this has to go into contract because we've had clients with this issue before or whatever. And this this particular client might never have that problem, but at least to have it in your contract, just in case, you know, it's it would always be better to have it that way. Now, I know you had mentioned about the amount of revisions that they might offer. Sometimes that might be in communication that I have with the client. The client might be asking me questions and I answer those questions, but that those answers might not be specifically in the contract. Would you suggest that those, like everything goes in the contract, even if it's little bits of communication? Absolutely. Yes. Because most contracts, even the ones you grab online, templates, whatever, there's probably a boilerplate provision, which is just basically like general law provisions at the end of the contract. One of them is probably Mm -hmm. what's called an entire agreement (laughs) clause, which means everything that we're agreeing upon is in this contract and anything that we agreed outside of this contract doesn't hold any water. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's, even if that agreement, even if that clause isn't, doesn't exist, whatever is still outside of the contract is very hard to prove was ever agreed upon when you have a signed contract saying everything we agreed upon is in here. Right. So yes, everything you agree upon should be in the contract. Meaning if there are certain things that are in your proposal to a client, you want to make sure that's also in the contract, right? Um, the proposal okay. won't be part of the contract unless it's merged formally into the, the contract, right? Meaning that the contract's referring to the, the proposal and then incorporating it by reference, right? Um, that's just like a legal right. term for saying like, hey, we agreed to a proposal or the scope of services will be to the proposal I sent to you on the past date, whatever it may be, right? Yeah. But yes, everything you agree to either verbally or in email communications should be in the contract, 
Um, that way you have something saying like, hey, we both signed this and this is what we agreed upon as opposed to yeah. on so-and-so date, we had a phone conversation and you agreed right. upon that. When and someone could just deny that. And even amendments, right, to it, because that sometimes that's what happens, right? The scope might change during the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the relationship, right? They might want to add certain things or, you know, once you're, you're in it, you realize, hey, you know, I need to charge you for a, a, an extra service or an additional service. So anything in, in addition to the original contract also needs to be in writing, whether it's some type of amendment or some type of exhibit that gets attached to the original contract. So yeah, so we help our clients kind of navigate all that. And our goal is always to, to have our clients have a little, a little arsenal, right? Or a little portfolio of, of their contracts that they're going to need for their industry. And we take pride in really kind of not gatekeeping the process as far as like knowing what a contract does. And we really want to educate our clients on how to utilize those contracts without the need of an attorney every single time. So we actually teach them kind of how to modify certain brackets or, you know, to take out certain language for certain situations or how to add stuff, right. For certain situations. Mm -hmm. And again, it goes back to why we offer unlimited document reviews in our subscription, because these things happen all the time and sometimes it needs to get modified and, you know, they could just send it right back to us and then we can, we can verify that it's, it's done correctly. So even if you have email communication, you know, that's still a, kind of a paper trail, you still want to put all of that stuff into your contract because Ray, like you had said that if it's not in your contract, you know, everything outside of the contract is not agreed to pretty much. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. We're thinking obviously like, you know, when you're in court one day and you need to like show the judge, right? Here's a contract, but also here's email communications, right? And whether they even give any weight to the email communications is a question that has to be litigated over, right? But mm-hmm. also in more practical sense, even before you get to court is, you know, say the client does a chargeback on their credit card and they take their money back that they gave, they gave you, right? And now it's up to the credit card company to, you know, determine, you know, if you challenge it saying like, hey, we had agreed upon contract and, you know, here's proof of them wanting to pay me and that I would be paid for the services rendered, right? Well, they're just going to look at the contract. If you have like email communications or anything else, they're going to not look at that. So, and especially credit card companies, their client, their client is your client, right? So their loyalty lies to who's issuing the chargeback. So yes, you want all that in the contract just because once again, you're going to use that to prove it to some third party at the end of the day in the case of a bad situation. Okay. Well, good to know. I think there's probably a couple of things that my clients have, you know, something has come up that are like continuing questions that they get. And we usually end up putting it as an info page on their website or, you know, in an email or something like that. But that's nice to know that I should kind of start keeping track of those things and say, hey, you know, maybe you should look into putting that into your contract because you don't want to you don't want to get screwed over and have something happen. So, yeah. That's a great yeah, well, idea. Once again, it just goes to um, the whole reason of contracts, and that's just to have expectations in writing and agree to and, and yeah. you know and signed in writing, right? Yeah. So it's just to manage the relationship. So there's all different types of things you can put in the contract, right? Sometimes we have people who offer courses and not necessarily needed for the contract to exist is, you know, you could always say like, hey, 
as a member of this course, you agree to conduct yourselves in this way, right? Be respectful to everyone else, show up, like participate, things like that. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily needed to form a legally binding contract, but once again, there to put that expectation there. So in case someone ever is harassing anyone else, they're in breach of contract now, as opposed to them just doing a bad thing, right? So. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. That's very interesting. I need to start keeping track of that then. So as we kind of wrap things up, do you all have any advice for our listeners that you feel would be important or implemental for them? Yeah. I mean, I think obviously follow, follow your passion, right? You know, do what you, what makes you happy as far as like your, your business, but do it smart in a smart way, right? Mm -hmm. Reach out to, to attorneys early on to make sure that, you know, everything's in line to your goals and what you want to do. And that way you could, you know, avoid some of those pitfalls that might come along uh, in the future. Yeah. And then my, my bit of advice would be once again, going back into contracts is talking about like, you're probably going to have multiple contracts at the end of the day, right? If you're a photographer, you're probably offering different types of photography services, right? So Mm -hmm. your commercial photography contract is going to be different than your events contract, or maybe you do mini shoots, or maybe you do modeling shoots, right? All those contracts are going to look different. And that's just talking about client contracts, right? What if you bring on a second shooter to help and assist at an event, or maybe you need a certain release, right? Maybe you took pictures of someone to model for another business, did you get that person's publicity rights released as well? So usually, right. once again, to reiterate what Gabe said earlier, having that arsenal of contracts at the end of the day is really key because once again, you're not just managing relationships with your clients at the end of the day, you're managing relationships with clients, collaborators, contractors, and you know just anyone you're doing business or anyone who's touching your business. So Okay, I gotcha. Uh, So if any of our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, what is the best way to get in touch with you? And do you have any social media that they can follow? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can visit us at iminflow.com. There we have a a scheduler there for your free consultation if you wanted to jump on a free call with us. And yes, absolutely. We're on all social media platforms, usually as Inflow Law Group. So we're on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all the, all the fun platforms. <laughs> okay, YouTube. gotcha. Oh, YouTube too. Okay. So to end the episode, we usually try to do uh, three questions. I'm going to steal one of them from Jen. What is your favorite business tool that you use and why? Favorite business tool? Meaning like software or like a... Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, I guess I'll go for it. I love using... We have uh, Mighty Networks because we have a community-based platform for our subscribers. And we recommend you know, Mighty Networks to any creative entrepreneur who's thinking about launching a community-based business or some type of subscription revenue to their business you know, or I guess as a surface off- offering. So we have Mighty Networks. It's kind of like our own Facebook where we can... you know, It's like having our own social media page where we have our clients on there. We can interact. We can share content for just our clients to see as opposed to people who follow us on Instagram and everything yeah. else. So it's, it's a specific social media or content page for our subscribers. Okay, cool. I hadn't heard of that one before. Uh, Gabe, do you have a different answer? Or is that one of probably your same? The same, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be the same. Okay. So if I were to visit you all, where would we go for drinks and what would we have? Ooh. If you were to visit us, we we work out of a very cool shared space here in San Diego. 
uh, out of Liberty Station, which if anybody's come to San Diego, you have to go because they have the coolest restaurants and breweries. I'd probably say we'd probably pick a local brewery. We got a lot of good ones here in, in San Diego. And, you know, just have some some local, you know, local mm-hmm. beers. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Do you have a different answer, Ray, or is that yours the same? Do you like that area too? Uh, yeah, that probably would be my first choice. My second choice would probably be go to Little Italy. Uh, we have a pretty pop in Little Italy in San Diego. Okay. Um, even though it's it's not it's called Little Italy, even though there's not many Italian restaurants there, but it's <laughs> there's a lot of great places to eat. It's very walkable and uh, it's just good vibes. So great okay. food, good vibes, and good drinks. All right. And if you could go back and give your 18 year old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, I think it would be to just like embrace your weirdness. I think that's always <laughs> like something, you know, we grow up always, especially I feel like in that age, you know, right out of high school and getting into college, like you're always trying to be, well, what I used to say, TFC. I don't know if I'm allowed to to cuss on here, but <laughs> it means like too effing cool. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you're always obsessed with that. And when you're always trying to be really cool, you're always, you're, you're being someone who you're not. Yep. And I think at, especially nowadays with what we're seeing with content creation and that, that need for authenticity. I think just being your own weird self is like the most powerful thing when one creating relationships and, you know, with just people in real life or just like your personal lives, but also in business at the same time, because you always want to attract people who kind of are on that same wavelength as you. Um, You know, that's a huge part of business at the end of the day. So that would probably be my advice. Yeah. I would say, you know, if, if you're, you know, at, at 18, you tend to be very rebellious and, you know, you, you tend to, to be a, sometimes, you know, troublemakers, you're enjoying stuff. Don't, don't let go of that. Right. Because sometimes pushing, pushing back against, you know, a, an industry that, that you're not happy with is, is the best way and keep on kind of doing things your own way. If something's wrong, you know, call it out and try to change it, you know, try to become the change that you want to see. Mm-hmm. So good. Nice advice. I like those. I like both those answers. Well, Ray and Gabe, I've really appreciated you coming on with me today. Um, I know that I've definitely learned a lot with the contracts and it gives me some good advice that I can take to my clients. And obviously, definitely, if they need to, you know, have the contracts looked over, then I need to make sure that I send them your way because I don't know where they got their contracts from, but <laughs> it never hurts to have a second pair of eyes to, t- to take a look. Of course. So, well, all right, gentlemen, you. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. And I hope you all have a good day. Thank you. Thank you, you too. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. us up for this week. Thank you so much for joining on this episode of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. If you are loving our content, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to our channel or left us a review. You can always hang out with me on the gram at Success Beyond the Lens. Hope to see you guys next week.